Hallelujah. Now for the house of my God. I told you this last week. This is David preparing to check out. David was getting ready to die. And he's setting his house straight. He's just getting things ready and putting things in order before he goes. He dies. And he's saying to the people, he gathered all the people and he said to them, um, you've known me. I've been a king before you for a while. Now I have to leave. I have to die. And before I do, let me give you some of the important things that I've done and important things on my heart. And he says that now for the house of my God, look at the way he puts my God. Hallelujah. He said for the house of my God. He didn't say the house of God. He says the house of my God, I have prepared with all my might, gold for the things of gold, made of gold, silver for the things of silver, bronze for the things of bronze, iron for the things of iron, wood for the things of wood, onyx stones for the, for, to be set, glistering stones of various colors, all kinds of precious stones and marble slabs in abundance. Moreover, because I have set my affections on the house of my God, I have given to the house of my God over and above all that I have prepared for the holy house, my own special treasury of gold and silver. Hallelujah. 3,000 talents of gold, of gold of offer, and 7,000 talents of refined silver to overlay the walls of the house. The gold for the things of gold, the silver for the things of silver, for all kinds of work to be done by the hand of craftsmen. Who then is willing to consecrate himself this day to the Lord? Then the leaders of the father's houses, leaders of the tribes of Israel, and captains of thousands and of hundreds with the officers over the king's work offered willingly. Hallelujah. They gave for the work of the house of God 5,000 talents and 10,000 diaries of gold, 10,000 talents of silver, 18,000 of bronze, and 100 talents of iron. And who had precious stones gave them to the treasury of the house of the Lord into the hand of Jehiel the Geshonite. Then the people rejoiced for they had offered willingly because with a loyal heart they had offered willingly to the Lord. And King David also rejoiced greatly. Here ends the reading of his holy word. Hallelujah. We've been talking about the wisdom of building God's house. Amen. The wisdom of building God's house. And we know the story that um, David decided to build God a house. And God says that for this fact that you have decided to build me a house, I will build you a house. And in Jeremiah chapter 3, 33 verse 15, that is 400 years after David has died. The Bible says that in those days at the time, I will cause, this is God talking through the prophet Jeremiah, I will I'll cause to grow up to David a branch of righteousness. He shall execute judgment and righteousness in the earth. In those days, Judah will be saved and Jerusalem will dwell safely. And this is the name by which 
she will be called. For thus says the Lord, David shall never lack a man to sit on the throne of the house of Israel. Hallelujah. So God is saying that as I promised David, I will make sure that there is never going to lack a man to sit on his throne from the house, his house. Hallelujah. Oh, I said hallelujah. So we are talking about the wisdom of building God a house. And today I just want us to move the, the conversation a little forward and talk about the important reasons why the people gave. You see, the Bible is talking about the people gave willingly, isn't it? We read First uh, Chronicles is it 29 verse 9. Is it? The people gave willingly and there was a lot of happiness. People rejoiced. Hallelujah. Because they gave with a willing heart and a willing mind. I want us to find out why did they give so much and why were they so happy? Amen. Amen. Why was David himself happy? The first one was because the king, David, was the first to preempt the giving. He gave himself. Hallelujah. Or oh, I say hallelujah. Amen. Are you awake this morning? Yes. The king gave and so it triggered the others to give. You see, as leaders, those of us who are leaders in the house, when it comes to giving to the house of God, the people of God are looking for our initiative. Am I talking to somebody? I said the people of God are looking for our initiative. They're looking for the passion with which we are going to give. If you give with passion, the people will also give, respond with passion. If you don't give, nobody will give. You see, the the giving lifestyle of any church is reflective of the pastor of the church. Hallelujah. I was telling uh, one of our pastors, I was telling them, if you don't give, don't expect the church members to give. Hallelujah. If you are not enthusiastic about giving, don't expect anybody to give. If you don't pay your tithe, don't expect anybody to pay your tithe. If they're tied to the church. See, mo- most of us as pastors and as leaders, we talk very a lot and we talk greatly about giving, but we ourselves don't give. We ourselves don't contribute financially to the things of God. Amen. We, we, we work the people to give, but we don't give. I've been to pastors' conferences and pastors' uh, uh, meetings, like, uh, uh, and you see that they don't give at all. You see, they'll be looking dignified and uh, conducting the, the offering bag away from them. Oh, you're not understanding what I'm saying. How many have seen that before? See, our pastors don't give. See, I, I, I learned that very early, that whatever sum I say the people should bring, I should be the first to give that sum. And I mean the highest, not the lowest. Are you, are you getting on? I learned very quickly because when I give, then it means I believe in what I'm saying. And so I am backing my mouth with where, my pocket. And when you, where your, your heart is, or where your money is, your treasure is, your heart will be there also. Otherwise, you'll be a hypocrite. When you speak and you're telling people, listen, give, 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 and you yourself, you're not giving. Hallelujah. He says that I look at first the, the, the previous chapter, that's 20, chapter 28. Look at what happens. This is David, first Chronicles 20, 28. Are you there? Start from 11. Verse 28 from 11. We're going to read 11 and 12. 
First Chronicles 28 verse 11. Then David gave his son Solomon the plants of the vestibule, its house, its treasure, its upper chambers, its inner chambers, and the place of the mercy seat. What he's trying to say is that he did not only give money to build, but he actually drew the plants of the building. Are you with me? He says that, listen, I, I want the state to be this way. I want us to do this place. We have to have a place where the band will be, a place where the choir will be, a place where the, the choristers will sit. I want the, the place, I want it to be done this way. And that, he was so enthusiastic about the building. Are you with me? Because he didn't have to be the one planning the building, the, the, the uh, builder of the house of God. It is the duty of the priest. Are you with me? Oh. I say, are you with me? Yes. Nobody's minding. Why? What's wrong with you this morning? Are you awake? Yes. Hey! Hey! <laughs> and the plans for all that he had by his spirit. Are you with me? He dreamt the house of God. This is the king. He dreamt the house of God. He actually built the house in his mind before the house was built. This is how passionate the King David was towards the building of the house. Are you, are you getting what I'm saying? This is why the people responded in kind because the pastor or the leader, the king, was so passionate about the house of God a lot of people had to join. Amen. Amen. Of the courts of the house of the Lord, of all the chambers all around of the treasuries of the house of God and of the treasuries for the dedicated things. He didn't only plan the, 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 the building architecture, he also planned the instruments that were going to go in. Are you with me? That's how passionate he was. This is, he, he remembered that previously God has stopped him from building. God says that you, are, you have too much blood on your hands, so you won't be the one to build. I will let the one who comes after you build. If I were David, I don't know about you, but if I were David, what I would do is I would save some money. When it gets to your turn, you build. Whatever you want to do, however you want to build, they build it. But he, not David. He said, no, no, no. I am going to draw the plan. I am going to. Can you imagine? He will never live to see the building. Are you, are you getting it? Because the building is not built. But he has drawn it. Any architect will tell you that a building is, is built when it's drawn. So you hear an architect say, I built that house. I built that building. I built it. They didn't lay a stone. They didn't lay a finger to it. But in their mind, they're drawing on the paper or the drawing on whatever the computer is the actual building. So even though God stopped him, he did not allow himself to be stopped. Hallelujah. I say even though God stopped him, he did not allow himself to be stopped. Physically, you say, I shouldn't build. I hear you. I'm not going to build. But I am building. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, I say, I am building. And you see, the, the thing about building that we must understand is that when we, the house of God is built, God is established. The purpose of God is established with the house of, of, of God built. 
The reason why it's so difficult for any church build church to build a, a house or buy a church building is because when you want to buy a building or you want to build a church building, Satan brings all his wicked demons to fight it. Are you with me? Because once the church is, is, is established, the building is established, it buys 120 years. That's three generations is bought. A generation is 40 years. Three generations is, is, is established for any church building. Every church without a building is only the lifetime of the pastor away from the church being closed. Oh, I don't know whether you understand what I'm saying. Can, can, can you understand what I'm saying? Most church, churches that don't have buildings, the day the pastor dies, the church is going to fizzle away. Are you with me? The day something happens, the church is finished. I know churches in this town, in this city, that uh, they the, the didn't pay the landlord. The landlord came and locked the door on a Sunday morning. He locked the door. And when he locked the door, that was it. The church was finished. The people came to, to outside the door. There was no church. They hung around for a while, and that was the end of the church. The church is finished. A landlord has closed the church down. He didn't even, Satan didn't even need demons. All he needed was his, a landlord. He just touched the heart of the landlord, and that's it. The church is finished. Are, are you with me? Yeah. I, I remember once, once we were having a convention, an international speaker had flown all the way to come and speak for, for us in our little school, uh, school assembly um, hall, school assembly hall that we were hiring to have our church. Our church was a, a, a young church. We have, hired, we have brought this international man of God to, to come and speak. And he's, he's preaching in the middle of the preaching. There, there is a three-day conven- convention. There was the caretaker was angry because the man was preaching. You know, some of sometimes when you invite somebody to come and preach, you've got to give them the protocol. But you see, I was a young pastor then, so I couldn't tell the man that listen, one hour is enough. The man was excited, was preaching, and he had gone one and a half hours, almost two hours. And the caretaker was just bored because he wanted to go home. So he walked into the middle of the thing as the man was preaching. He walked in, then he put all the lights on. That was the end of the convention. <laughs> convention finished. I have put the lights on, even like stay in the dark and preach. Hallelujah. Are you getting it? You, you see, we can't, we can't, we can't allow certain uh, landlords and certain type of people to hold hostage the house of God. Are you with me? It's like sometimes they, they call you today. We don't want you to come. Yeah, the, the, the place is flooded. You can't come in. That's it. You're, you're, you can't come. There's no church. <laughs> There's voting. That's it. You are finished. But you see, when, when you have your own place, when you have your own place, nobody can tell you you can't come in. Are you with me? Even you, the pastor, when you die, because the building is there, somebody will have to replace you. Are you with me? And when that person also dies, because the building is there, somebody has to replace. Hallelujah. 
So Satan, knowing that, will do everything to fight. And sometimes the way he fights is that he will, he will, he will use the leaders not to give. Are you with me? And by them not giving, they don't make their, their followers enthusiastic enough to give. Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody? Yeah, because God's work cannot be stopped by Satan. But God's work can be stopped by us. I don't think you understood what I just said. I said, God's work can be I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. But if he says that I will build my church, but he has to use us. We are co-laborers. Are you with me? So when he says I, he's actually saying we. Because he in heaven alone cannot build the church without us. Are you with me? The only person you can rebuke is yourself. So he can rebuke Satan against the church, but he cannot rebuke us. So if we don't rise up and give towards the house of God, then the house of God cannot be built. Hallelujah. And that is how come Satan will use us to hinder the building. Are you with me? That's how come it's very easy for you to give towards any other thing but towards the things of God. Like Pastor Sam was saying, we, we say we'll give for towards camera, we haven't given, we say we'll give towards uh, bus, we haven't given, we say we'll give towards it's like everything. But anything you say you give towards, which is outside the church, is easy for you to do. Hallelujah. How many understand what I'm saying? Yeah, because it's like, I said I'll give, now I've changed my mind. <laughs> There's no bailiffs coming for you. Hallelujah. Let's go back to the, to the scripture. It says that I have set my affection upon the house. Verse, two, verse, verse 3. That's First Chronicles 29. It says that because I have set my affection on the house of my God, I have given of my, I have given to the house of my God. Amen. You see, when we come to the place as leaders, when we come to the place of affection, the place of affection towards the house of God, we release the blessing of Jehovah over the land. Are, are you getting what I'm saying? I don't know whether you understood what I'm saying. When we come to the place where we have affection towards the house of God, when we come to the place where we have affinity towards the things of God, when we come to a place where we love God's house so much passionately, we, we set a, 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 a blessing in motion. Psalm 102, Psalm 102. We set a blessing in motion when we have a certain affinity for the house of God. It is not everybody who has an affinity for the house of God. It's not even all the pastors who say they have an affinity for God. Start from 13. Psalm 102, verse 13. The Bible says that you will arise and have mercy on Zion. The word Zion stands for the house of God. He says you will arise and have mercy on Zion for the Time to favor her. Yes, the set time has come. Which means that the set time of God's blessing has come now. Why? Verse 14. For the servants, the leaders, have 
taken pleasure or have received a certain affection for the stones and they've shown favor for her dust. Are you getting what I'm saying? The fact that you're a pastor doesn't mean you have affection for the house of God. Are you with me? And when your heart tends towards the house of God, is the precursor, is the beginning of God's blessing. You see, the time to favor Zion has come. The set time has come. For the word for me is because, because the servants of God have turned their affection towards the house of God. They have become affectionate. See, don't tell me you love me when you can't give to me. Don't tell me you love the Lord when your pocket doesn't go. Don't tell me that this is, this, my, I'm passionate about God's house when your passion doesn't reach your pocket. I don't know whether you understand what I'm saying. Are, are you with me this morning? Yes. Was, are you with me this morning? Yeah, you see, it, it, when, when we become so passionate that we don't even think when we are given to the house of God, then it's the time for God to set the blessing in motion. Verse, verse 15, go on quickly. So the nation shall fear the name of the Lord and all the kings of the earth, your glory. See, a certain reverential fear comes when people notice that these guys are serious. <laughs> are you with me? Yeah. Oh, well, a, certain, a certain reverence comes when they see these guys are serious. Because they, they were here when the church came. Within a few, a couple of years, they have bought a huge building. Then they say, no, after that, they're doing other things. They're doing what is that? The people just take notice. The nations shall fear. They shall say, whoa. Because we have seen churches come. And they'll be here. 10 years, 15 years. They'll be having 50th anniversary in the, in the classroom. 50th anniversary. Every time they are celebrating anniversary in some, some, uh, somebody's uh, back, back house or somebody's back um, sports hall. Uh, swimming pool, they are doing their four, f- uh, 24th anniversary. In, in, in some, you see, when, when you are doing that, the nation doesn't take, doesn't respect or doesn't even take, take uh, cognizance of the church. Are you with me? Because it's like, these people are jokers. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. You see, we have a certain passion in celebrating anniversaries. I tell you. This is our third anniversary. This is our fourth anniversary. This is our tenth anniversary. This are, have you noticed this church? We don't do anniversary business. It's not important. What's important is do that work. <laughs> Hallelujah. The work is more important than celebrating anniversary. Because for me, when you are celebrating anniversary, it has to be a reason. What have you achieved? What have you done? Because you, you are celebrating eight years. By eight years, where is your building? How many people do you have in your church? What have you achieved as a... Because an eight-year-old boy is a certain age. They are not crawling anymore. They are not begging for f- or, or, or waiting for somebody to pour milk in their mouth. They, are, they don't have feeding bottle. They, are, they don't have feeding bottle. No. So if you tell me you are eight, <laughs> yeah, and eight. I come and see that you have feeding bottle in your mouth, I'll question your, your eight years. Or your hand is in your mouth. You are preaching. You are preaching. 
Hallelujah. How many can understand what I'm trying to say? I begin to question, what is this that you are celebrating? But see, when the nation rises, whoa, whoa, they are going. We thought they had a building. Before they realized the church is building another building. Before they realized the church has a, has a big, big village. It has this, it has that. Hey, what's going on? Then the nations shall fear the name of the Lord. Because it's only God who can enter into people this much to make them so affectionate for the house of God, to give so passionately to the house of God. Hallelujah. Amen. And it starts with the leadership. Amen. Verse, verse, next verse. For the Lord shall build up Zion, he shall appear in what? His glory. You see, when the people rise up to build, God's glory just comes. You will see that when Solomon built the temple, the Bible says that the glory of the Lord was so much in the place that the priest could not minister. When Moses built the, uh, the temple in, in the tent, the glory of the Lord was so much that he could not minister. In fact, the people said to, to Moses, no, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. We don't want God to come to us like this. You go and listen to God <laughs> on the mountaintop and come and tell us what he's saying. Because when he comes like this, it's too much. Are you with me? God is very passionate when he sees people are so passionate that they will do everything for his house. He just appears in his glory. Amen. He comes, you see, when, when the Bible says when God appears in his glory, what he's actually saying is that when he comes, there are miracles. People are being healed. People are being delivered. People are receiving miracles. That is the glory of the Lord. Are you, are you getting what I'm saying? And, and so we can trigger the glory. At the same time, we can send the glory away. Because everything that is true, the, the opposite is also the case. When we don't give towards the house, when we are not affectionate towards the house, when we are not really passionate towards the house of God, the, 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 the glory of the Lord disappears because God doesn't come. God feels that the time to favor the church hasn't come. And when I say the church, I'm not talking about the building. I'm talking about you and I because we make the church. When we relocate from here to the park, the church is in the park. It's not in this building. So CICC is not this building. CICC is you and I. Where we gather, that is where the church is. So when he says that we are favoring his house, it's, it's us. Hallelujah. The favor doesn't come on the building, it comes on us. Amen. I, I, you see, I want us to be passionate towards the house of God. Whatever we can do, our monies, our skill, our times, our talents, everything that we have, let's put it to the house of God. Amen. See how these guys are very, you should watch EK when he's playing the drums. You know, set, set, who is that guy on the drums? He's very passionate. He's very, and who is that on the guitar? He's, you, see, you see, because it's the house of God. And because I have set my house on the house of, my affection on the house of God, I'm going to give with all my energy. See, when, when the ark of God was being brought, 
the way David was dancing in front of the ark. It was so passionate that Michal, his wife, how base was the king today? Display your never-nevers. You dance so much that your royal robe comes off you and you're naked, playing before the young girls. I know you. You just wanted one of the young girls. That's why you're, you're displaying like that. This dance was not unto God. This dance was, was, was a, not unto God. This dance was to get the, the young girls to look at you and see that your waist is flexible. And see, the Bible says that from that day, God cursed Michal that she became barren. That's how much God takes the house of God and our passion towards the house of God seriously. Am I talking to somebody? Yeah. Because see, when we give, next verse, when we give, many lives are affected. He shall regard the prayer of the destitute and shall not despise their prayer. You see, the reason why Satan wants us to stop building and expanding the house of God is that many lives depend on our benevolence. Many lives depend on our giving. Many lives depend on when we are passionate. Are you, are you with me? The passion is not for you already. You are saved. You already you have, you, have, you have God's grace and mercy. God has given you everything you need. So you, it is not really for your blessing. It's not for your benefit. Like I, I'm saying that I'm not going to get married again. I'm not going to do another wedding. So I don't need a, a beautiful church building to bring my bride to come and marry. Are, are you with me? But, 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 but it's so that others will have a nice place to come and get married. And others will get a place. Others will get a place where they can come and pray and receive God's blessing. Am I talking to somebody? Others can get a place where God can minister to them. Amen. So you see, when you give, you are making room for God to hear the prayer of somebody. When you give your talent, you give your money, you give your time, you give, you are making room for somebody to be blessed. Somebody to receive salvation. Somebody to have a, a, an encounter with God. And see, that is what Satan doesn't want. So Satan comes to block you. You know how he blocks you sometimes? He blocks with intimidation. As you're about to give, then say, have you forgotten your bills? What do you think you can do? In Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 10, the Bible says that, and Sambalat and Tobiah say that, what do these feeble Jews do? What do you think they are doing? You are coming to give. Have you forgotten that you have bills? You say you want to what, pay tithe? When you have bills. Even the thing you are building, when a fox goes around it to we on it, the fall, the, the wall will fall down like that. Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody? Yeah. And so you, you see that many churches don't go very far because we who are supposed to be co-partners with God are not affectionate enough to use our enthusiasm our energies to build. 
Hallelujah. See, nobody plans long term with the house of God in mind. Nobody plans long term with the house of God in mind. Very, very few people who will say, okay, when I die, I want my house, my building to be sold towards the house of God. Or I'm giving this in my will. The house of God will have this building. Every pastor who comes from now on, this will be the mission house to go and stay in. Nobody thinks that way. Hallelujah. See, now you've gone quiet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nobody thinks that way. I'm, I'm challenging your, your, your affection. Nobody thinks that way. Nobody says, I'm going to sell my house to help finance the house of God. <laughs> Hallelujah. And that's how come you can drive around this city anywhere you care to go this morning and go and look at the churches that people are stay, uh, uh, worshiping in. One, the place is very, very nasty, dirty. The walls need painting. The carpet is crying out for God's grace and mercy. Uh, 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 the, the, the drapes, the drapes are so dirty and torn. How many know what I'm talking about? The wires all look very aged and ancient and dangerous. Are you with me? But these same people, when they leave the house of God and they go home, their homes are beautiful. Are you getting? Their homes are beautiful. They, their offices are nice, nicer. They give more the attention to their clothing. The clothing that you are wearing is so beautiful to come and sit in this, in this dirty place. It doesn't occur to you that the place has to match the clothing you are wearing. 